welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G, with me as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus. Say what? Charette. Doc G, what's up, sir? Mike, I am, I'm doing good, man. Doing good, like I told you before we came yeah. on the air. I re-watched A Little Lifeguard. Oh, yeah. Yes! So I'm doing good. Montage yeah, of sunsets, Corvettes. Passionate kisses, questionable <laughs> behavior. Oh my gosh, Mike! It is just not a- questionable. Nope. <laughs> it's true. Very a past the line behavior. <laughs> oh man! So you know, just uh, reliving the the sun, uh, the sun filled summer glory days, Mike. That's what I was doing. Yeah, you know. Even yeah. though we are full on in fall, I was like, no, I'm not having it. Nope. That's not where I'm that's not <laughs> where I'm refused. living. Yeah, I'm not I'm not there. I'm not there. But Mike, I uh, was getting ready for the show. And we actually talked a little bit about this before we came on the show. Uh are you a planner? Hmm. Um, no. <laughs> no, yeah. I was yeah. late for the show. Yeah, <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah, it's at I don't plan well anything. I, I, yeah, I was trying to think of the the only things that I plan semi well. I'd say my workouts, and even mm-hmm. even yeah. those. Even, okay, yeah, those. Even those I deviate though from the original plan a little bit, and I'll be like, oh, shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Oh well, like I still don't have like you know. So like I'm just not. I'm not a a rigorous planner, a, rig- a rigorous mm-hmm. scheduler. And I want mm-hmm. our audience to be scheduled. I want them to be planned, you know? So I thought, mm-hmm. let's help them plan for something I usually never plan for. Let's help them plan for Halloween. That's right. Ooh. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Now, last year, I actually semi-planned. I was Steven Adams from the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. was the most planning or dressing up that I had done for Halloween in over a decade. That's a fact. At least. Probably yeah. more like 15 years, Mike. It was it was ridiculous. I don't think I'm going to meet that this year. Don't you think. Look great though. Thank you. Thank you. I don't think I'm going to get there this week. I'm uh, this year I'm going to be uh Doc G. That is what I'm going to be hey. for Halloween. Blam. But um I thought let's go ahead put some ideas in the heads of listeners. So they can get their creative juices going and have the best costume of all their friend group. You know? Be totally mm-hmm. hip and awesome and come up with the best costume. So true. Uh, luckily, our friends over at Pop Sugar, Mike, Pop Sugar gave us their top 25 costumes of 2023. Sweet. Okay. So what I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna run down a couple of these. We're gonna run a cut. Co- now I will say, starting off, Mike. Surprisingly, they didn't have any costumes from the unpopular 1976 movie, The Lifeguard, which mm. what I I was pretty upset about. And yeah. uh, you know, 
But I did think about that. There's always that person at the party or event that you go to that dresses up as something that only like five people in the world know what <laughs> they're talking about. Yeah. And they'll explain it to everyone for 10 minutes and every person has the same reaction that eventually they're just like, oh, yeah, 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 stop talking. Yes, yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh-huh, gotcha, cool, nice. So I thought about that. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be Larry from the movie Lifeguard. Sweet. And I'm going to come up to people and be like, I'm Larry from Lifeguard. And they're going to be like, what? I'm like, come on. From the 1976 movie, the guy, the smooth-talking friend of Rick from high school, he's trying to get him to sell Porsches. You know the dude. Get out of here. Larry, that's who I am. Like, people just, what the You just look like a regular guy. <laughs> I've got the chest hair and everything. Come on. Anyways, Mike, let's get to Pop Sugar's costume suggestion. Now, these are pop culture costumes. Right. Okay. Can I make a guess as to what one of them might be? Of course. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. Wait, uh, is that his name? Travis. Yes, Kelsey. you you nailed it, Mike. Uh, well, you nailed part of it. Taylor Swift okay. was on there. Maybe they made this list too late and they didn't want to adjust it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, for the Travis Kelsey part, but they made the uh, Taylor Swift part for the Eras okay. tour. And they had yeah, suggestions you. on how to create the Eras Tour look. They said the um, Reputation era would be the the best one to try to emulate. That'd be the easiest one mm. to emulate. Gotcha. But, uh, Mike, I'm going to start off not with Taylor Swift. I'm going to start off with their first costume suggestion, which is the Antler Queen from mm. Yellow Jackets. Huh? Now, I don't know about you, Mike. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I had no idea what the f*** was. Uh, <laughs> so, as you can see, it's good. I'm an expert of pop culture. Yes! So, I did a little bit of research, Mike. I found out what it is. Apparently, it's Thank a you. Showtime series about a soccer team that has a plane crash in the Canadian wilderness, and they just, mm -hmm. like, freak out. Hmm. And, like... It's basically like a Lord of the Flies situation where mm -hmm. they, like, become, like, weird cannibalistic frac factions of each other. Wait, what? And, and then they they zip forward in the, in the show to, like, 20 years later when they're all old adults. It seems very weird, and I'm not interested in seeing it at all. But... They're suggesting you be the Antler Queen, which is apparently at one point in time, while they're being weird cannibals in the Canadian wilderness. So, hmm. yeah. So, it, <laughs> I feel like that's basically on par with Larry from Lifeguard. I mean, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know how many, I guess if you're going to like a streaming critics party, they'll be like, of course, <laughs> Antler Queen, got it, knew it, great. But uh, I would feel like a moron if somebody was in that. Mike, this one, this might get more people. This one might do it. This is a couple's costume. You think about this with your fiance, see what you, you know, whether or not it works. Bad Bunny and Kendall Jenner in their Met Gala outfits, post Met Gala mm. outfits. 
Woohoo! Yeah. Probably not, but <laughs> what uh, what what were they wearing? Yeah, not I, not nothing real special. Uh, Bad Bunny's wearing like a. I, I think it's just because it's fairly easy to recreate. I think that's mainly the reason why. Uh, Bad Bunny's just wearing basically a brown suit, Mike. So. A brown suit. Okay. Yeah, if you have a brown suit, you can sort of pull it off. I personally think this one will be pretty suit. tough because you have to either be attractive or Bad Bunny Wait, to pull what? it off. So I don't think it's going to work for most people. Uh, and by the way, I'm kidding Bad Bunny fans. He's mad sexy. <laughs> I wish I could be as sexy as him. But it's a, a, a fairly doable. This next one is really doable, Mike. This next one is really doable. Uh, they suggest Kendall Roy from HBO's Succession. Hmm. No idea. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, well, I think this one is a lot more widely recognizable. Maybe I'm just around okay. some folks that have jumped on the Succession train, you know. But uh, I, Succession, I think, was was widely watched. And basically, all you got to do to look like Kendall Roy is just have, like, a nice suit and a gray trench trench coat. So, you know. Yeah, it just looks like a regular guy. Yeah. I, th I think it's... You just it's, dressed it's, like a regular guy. It's very doable. You might have to get down his, his, like, mannerisms and the way he talks more so than the look. I think that would be hmm. more important. But, uh, yeah. So, I think that one's doable. Write it down on your list. Here's another very accessible choice, Mike. Adonis Creed from the movie Creed. That's okay. a. I mean, you got to be in shape. That's a. That's a. <laughs> you know, that's a big uh, uh, if. But all you need, as far as like gear, is an American flag robe, some American flag trunks, and some boxing gloves. You're good to go. Mm -hmm. You got it. You know. Now, Mike, the next one on their list, eh? It's Ted Lasso. Blam. Which like. If you didn't jump on this one the last three years, I think you're going to have to wait a while before you do it again, you know? Because, like, yeah. you could have done it 2020. You could have done it 2021. You could have done it 2022. Now you're going to do it 2023? Come on. Come hmm. on. Yeah, a little late. Yeah, now you just got to wait until, like, 2038 and bring it back out, and people be like, oh, I remember that show, yeah, that one. Then you can do it. You can't do it now. Mm -hmm. Don't do it now. Mike, I nah. this next one, I didn't realize this was recognizable, but apparently I'm just not keyed in enough to Haley Bieber. So apparently uh, she wore, uh, in January, a shirt that said Nepo Baby with a pair of jeans back in uh, January. And this... Stop the social media world, Mike. And mm. and folks had to discuss nepotism uh, like it was a new thing. Like it hasn't been going on for thousands of years and it's in every <laughs> industry ever. But yeah. they had to discuss it. And Mike, you can remind people of that occurrence that happened 10 months ago by wearing a shirt that says Nepo Baby in jeans. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome, Mike. Uh... Now, Mike, last one. I think this. I think this will be the most popular one. I think this will be the most popular one. It's another couple's costume. Any guess? Any guess? Ken and Barbie. Nailed it. 
Nailed it. Nailed it. That is it, Mike. I think it's going to... I Ken and Barbie with the cowboy-themed outfits from the oh, real fans. world. Yes. I got a feeling there's going to be, you know, just a lot of ladies super psyched about dressing up as this one uh, and forcing their, their man friends to be involved. Uh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, and there may be just uh, some dudes that want to jump in as Ken. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I would, uh, if I was if I was going to do the Ken, I would do neon yellow rollerblades Ken. Mm. Right? That's what they had, I think. Well, I, I mean, regardless, you could blade off. People would be Hell impressed. Yeah. You know? That's. I just wanted an excuse to wear rollerblades to a party. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be the cop and in you, black. You could just yep. be... You could just be <laughs> pretty awesome when you're jumping up there making mad, mad tricks, and people are like, "Who is this guy?" And you're like, no. "You got rollerblades on in my house." <laughs> or you could just, yeah, you could just be the rollerblade guy, and people are like, "What are you?" And I'm like, "Just I'm a rollerblader. That's what I am. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. it." Regardless, Mike, <laughs> did we just give the listeners the best costume suggestions ever? I'm pretty sure we did. I mean, I, I'm sure we did. We did. We did. we did. Are you ready to fire up this show? Let's fire up the show, Doctor. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Mike, we have an amazing show. We have the one, the only, Toad the Wet Sprocket on the show. I mean, love it. The jams these guys have. Legendary. All I want. Walk on the ocean. Good intentions. Something's always wrong. You want hits? These dudes have them. That's right. They have them, Mike. And I am going to be talking to Dean Denning. Very exciting. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suits. Happy birthday, Mr. President. 68 and three-fourths out of 114, Mike. <laughs> Doing good. Doing good. It's a high percentage. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. have I been cooking the books a little bit by trying to find the most Mike clues? Yes, I, I have. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. But it doesn't matter because I want to see this high percentage here. And I think mm -hmm. we've got another one. Ah, we might be able to get another uh, three for three. I, I think <laughs> it... Well, uh, no, I just looked at the last one. Two for three is definitely doable. Uh, three for three is going to be a reach. Today. I want to get rid of this three-fourths. I need to get at least a 25%. You need, you need to get a, a one-fourth on answer. It's going to yeah, be really hard. It's going to yes. be a tough one to score. Uh, Mike, condensed clue for the first one. She played Cher Horowitz in the movie Clueless in 1995. Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone is correct. Yes, Mike. Yes. We talked her. about her a couple of times. Yeah. Rush. She's killing it, man. She's killing it. Back in the in the the clueless days. Well, I mean, now she's still killing it. She still looks amazing. Yeah, yeah she does. Uh, born on October fourth, nineteen seventy six, Mike. Nineteen seventy six mm. in San Francisco. Yeah. She her first uh, credited role was on The Wonder Years, and then she moved on. She did her two Aerosmith music videos. Did uh, Crazy and Amazing. Uh, and then she starred in Clueless, and boom! Exploded, Mike. Mm -hmm. Exploded. She also starred as Batgirl in Batman and Robin. Don't know. I was just thinking of that reference. Yeah, she, yep. Yeah. Alongside, um, oh, what was his name? 
Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Then then Robin, Robin uh, was. I don't remember. I'm gonna have to look up who Robin was. I, I just I can't was uh, lurking his Instagram a couple days ago. I went on a '90s what? deep dive on Instagram, looking at all the '90s stars. Chris, uh, Chris O'Connell or Chris something. There it is. There it is. I'm going to something. take it. I'm going to take it for now. We'll anyways. We'll figure <laughs> it out. Throughout the 2000s, Mike, she uh, she basically she basically was like, "Hey, I'm going to do theater and smaller roles." And that's what she did. She just sort mm-hmm. of like stepped down. 2018, she played in The Book Club with Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen. And then in 2020, she appeared in the comedies Bad Therapy, Sister of the Groom, and Valley Girl. Turning 47, Mike. 47. Mm. Alicia Silverstone. Get it, Alicia. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Nicely done, Mike. One for one. Starting it out strong today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was Chris O'Donnell, by the way. I was right. Chris, (laughs) even stronger, Mike. You remembered (laughs) your 90s trivia. Well done, sir. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, I've got good news. Good news. Webster's Dictionary just added 690 new words. Mm. Yeah. Sweet. Some great ones, Mike. Some great ones. One of the best on the list. Thirst Trap. (laughs) Thirst Trap. That's two words. You can't. No, no, no. It's hyphenated. Thirst trap. Webster's Dictionary has added it. Quote, a picture posted to desperately seek attention. That is a thirst trap, Mike. Do that with my comedy. This is, that is every comedian. This is a fantastic, this, I mean, Mike, this is great. Laugh trap. For folks that still rely solely on their dictionary to define words, I'm not sure who, but when their their grandchild is like, that's a thirst trap, and they're like, hold on a second. <laughs> thirst trap. Aha! So you're saying they are desperately seeking attention. Okay, I got you. Nice. I'm there with you. I'm down. I'm down. Mike, are you a uh, big fan of Popeye's? chicken oh yeah oh my gosh since a kid yeah since i can remember nice yes. love that chicken from popeyes oh mm. yeah mm. mike you're gonna find this surprising but there were some shady things going down at the popeyes in texas last week mm, not surprised but what was <laughs> uh what was happening apparently they had a new employee and the employee was selling drugs on the clock word <laughs> mm. The authority said, Mike, quote, the employee was working the drive through and working the front cash system. And if an individual came into the restaurant or a vehicle came through the drive through with the smell of marijuana emitting from their person and or vehicle, which I would estimate was probably like 95% of the people, uh, <laughs> He would pass them a phone number and let them know he was selling marijuana himself mm. and to call him if they needed some. Now, apparently this backfired, Mike, when the other night somebody decided to buy marijuana from him. They tried to make the transaction in the bathroom and the guy buying the marijuana tried to steal all of his drugs and his money. Oh. That's when the Popeye's employee 
tried to shoot the man that was robbing mm-hmm. him in the parking lot of the Popeyes. Uh, police were called. The employee was arrested. Uh, and uh, the uh, the man that tried to steal his drugs has not been found. They don't know mm-hmm. whether or not he was shot either. But I like this, Mike. Popeye's corporate office felt the need to release a statement. And Popeye's corporate office said, quote, this is dangerous and unacceptable behavior. Involved a teenager who was employed for less than a month at this Popeye's Texas restaurant. The employee involved was immediately terminated. And the franchisee who owns this restaurant is sharing everything with the local police. Word. <laughs> I got to say, was there a person at the corporate headquarters that was like, guys, guys, we need to release a statement. People out there right now are thinking we want our employees to sell drugs and shoot people. We got to let them know that is not okay with us here at Popeye's. That is not true. Like, I don't know if that was a, totally necessary, Mike, you know? Nope. Also, spare a thought for the other employees at the restaurant. Like, that has got to suck. Hey, does it does it seem like Anthony is selling drugs on the clock? Yeah, he's, he's definitely doing that. He's actually currently stabbing a guy in the bathroom <laughs> who didn't pay him. Oh, man. Like, that's just... Girl, come on. You're already working at Popeye's, then you got to deal with that. That's no good. Yeah. Nobody wants no. to do that. I mean... My- it's probably happening. It's not It's not a surprise. It's just it's, this guy was too obvious with it. He's a little <laughs> bit too aggressive. A little too, too aggressive, aggressive yeah. you know? Mike, shocking news. Shocking revelation. The man who allegedly shot Tupac in 1996 has been arrested. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Davis was indicted on one count of murder with a deadly weapon. So, listeners, let's reiterate. One of the most famous rappers in the world, at the time he was murdered, after a Mike Tyson fight on the Las Vegas Strip on the weekend, all kinds of people around, and it took 27 years to find this guy. It took more years than Tupac was alive Mm. to find this guy. Dang. It's been so long, Dwayne Davis can't even remember if he killed Tupac. He's like, did I? <laughs> that, oh, God, I did? Oh, man, I completely forgot. Like, that's ridiculous. 27 years, Mike? Jeez. And then Suge Knight's like, that's not even the right dude. They were they, they talked to Suge Knight from the prison. He's like, that's not who killed him. Oh, yeah. He said it wasn't the right guy. Yeah, and he said he wasn't going to testify either about it. And I was like, I don't know. Shug, if you knew who it was and you're already in jail, like, what? Why? Why don't you just tell him who it is? Like, <laughs> that's not the dude. Why aren't you just like, here's the dude? It's a little, you know. I don't know. Who knows, Mike? Who knows? Uh, mm-hmm. We uh, we will get to the bottom of it 27 years from now. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. Sweet. Mike, uh, fairly quick one out of Missouri. It's a little bit of a scary moment. A group of 13 middle schoolers who were led by two high school seniors were lost in the wilderness for almost a full day, Mike. 
the night too. Wow. School officials alerted authorities when they didn't return to camp on September 26th, but luckily the next morning they were found. Mike, do you want to know what they were doing in the wilderness? Hmm. I don't uh, I don't have any funny things to say. <laughs> they were no orienteering, Mike. Orienteering. Yes. Doc G. The, the use of a compass and a map. Oh, that's a terrible idea. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what we consider a passing grade these days, but I don't think they reached the mark for orienteering. <laughs> like, but that said, Mike, the school said we are relieved and also very proud of our students. They showed incredible resourcefulness and maturity when they realized they were losing daylight faster than they could safely return to base camp. They followed their training protocols by setting up an overnight camp, supporting each other and waiting for help. Many thanks to the search and rescue teams for their quick actions. I, you know, I, I don't know, Mike seems a little they're a little too celebratory for this group that's kind of like being like my kid did an amazing job the other day he saved our house from burning down it was on fire sure he started the fire but he <laughs> also put it out and that is pretty great like eh, you know just saying mike just yeah, saying i don't know about that mike leonardo dicaprio knows <laughs> Uh-oh. Leo knows the outfit that he wears in Titanic is going to be sold at auction. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And they're thinking it could be sold for over $250,000. Yeah. Seems, uh, I guess that's, that's fair. I thought you were going to say like a million dollars or something. That's a legendary movie. Well, I'll tell listeners, the Doc G show was all in until we found out that it was $250,000. Our mm. top budget was $50. So 50. it was a little outside of our price range. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a recreation. Maybe I can find mm. that. That can be my yeah. Halloween costume. I don't know. There you go. You know, just thinking about it. Mike, do you have a, a favorite meal for your birthday? Yeah, ribeye. I was gonna guess it. I was gonna. I was yeah, gonna say ribeye. steak and fries. That was gonna be like my a, guess. It has to be like a sixty dollar ribeye, like something fancy, real fancy. Are you Are yeah. you doing it with fries, or are you doing something else? I usually do it with fries. I'll get something. I, I get. I call it Brazilian style because the uh, Brazilians would always get fries with their steaks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'll probably get some French fries. Little and lobster mac. Oh my God! You're going all out. You're going yeah, all yeah, out, yeah. Mike. What if, while you were eating that delicious birthday meal that you have described, what if, right in the middle of it, a bear came up and started eating your meal? Well, I'd pull up TikTok, first of all. (laughs) Gotta document it. Gotta get Um, this. I'd be a little bit upset. Apparently, that's exactly what happened to (laughs) Santiago uh, Macias and his mom, Sylvia, in Mexico. They were having uh, a picnic <laughs> in the park for Santiago's birthday when a bear just comes lumbering up 
and starts eating all <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i saw that just eating all and, and just like you said mike somebody was like you know what this needs to be documented i'm gonna go ahead and get this on video they're not helping the situation they're just documenting it all right mm -hmm. no now i not doing anything now I was very. This was the part that surprised me the most, Mike. In the uh, in the article about this, uh, Sylvia said, "Quote: Santiago is very afraid of animals. A cat or dog, any animal scares him a lot. That's why I covered his eyes because mm -hmm. I didn't want him to see it and scream or run. I was afraid that if he got scared or screamed or scared the bear." it would react. <laughs> hmm. Now, don't worry, listeners. The bear uh, ate all the food and then ignored the people and wandered off again. And mm -hmm. uh, afterwards, Sylvia replaced Santiago's birthday meal. So it was all good. But I do got to go back to the quote from Sylvia. Santiago is a ver very afraid of animals. A cat or a dog? Hmm. He's afraid of the most, the two most common pets in the world. Like, Sylvia, you gotta take, you gotta take him to a petting zoo. Get him over that. Like, that's, you're just gonna be a weird kid if somebody's like, hey, meet my, uh, my dog Spot. Oh, Jesus, no! <laughs> like, what, that's He covers weird. his eyes. <laughs> yeah, oh, don't show him to me. Get him out of here. Like, that's weird, man. Uh... Also, I, I might just advise Sylvia to get a guard llama next time she's having a party. Mm, good idea. You know? Good idea. Good idea. No worries the bears then. Nope. That no bear way. walks into that park and it's like, oh, oh, I get, I, I get the deal here. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And the llama will be like, that's right. Take your bear <laughs> out of here. I've seen enough of it. All right. Real sassy response from the llama. Regardless, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear good intentions off of All You Want by Toad the Wet Sprocket right here on the Doc G Show. It's hard to rely on my good intentions When my head's full of things that I can't mention I usually get things right But I can't understand what I did last night And it's hard to rely on my own good senses When I miss so much it requires attention I have to laugh at myself sometimes And I can't see that I'm not blind This little Give us reprieve oh, For all the things I've left behind I'm positive that I'm not blind Not afraid things won't get better like it's gone on forever You have to cry with your own tears You have to laugh with your own cheer 
And it's hard to align my good intentions When my head's full of things that I can't mention It seems I usually get things right But I can't understand what I did last night There's little Can't be hard on you Cause you know I've been there too I learned a lot of things from you Oh, life gives little release Give us Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, Mm -hmm. they should please subscribe Mm -hmm. to the show on Mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, wherever they get their podcasts. It is a cost-effective way to support the show and... If the listeners are feeling extra generous, they should please leave us a five-star review. Amen. And a comment. We love comments. Amen. Mike, we need to thank the five-star regulars. I'm going to go again. I'm not going to individual. I'm going to go slower pace, though, so we can sort of soak it up here. Okay? We're going to go not fully slow, but we're going to go slower. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina. Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, and Boynton, Virginia. There we go, Mike. Shout out. Five-star mm-hmm. listeners. They do not fail. They do not falter, Mike. And we appreciate those listens. We appreciate we every single one of them. 
Uh, Mike, we need to go to our four-star listens. Uh, first off on the list, Palatka. Palatka, Florida. Right on the list there, right down from us. Uh, you know, sort of close to St. Augustine, little in St. Augustine. Okay. Yeah, little little uh, away from the coast there. Go go inland from from St. Augustine, Wyndham, Vermont, Wyndham, Vermont. Your 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 go to state for guesses about yeah. states, Mike. Vermont. So happy. Getting it. Walnut Creek, California, right mm. outside of uh, Oakland, Mike. You go a little oh. inland from Oakland, yeah. Hendersonville, Tennessee. Eh, essentially Nashville. It's a little bit north of Nashville. Uh, Mountain View, California. Sao Paulo, Brazil. Alpharetta, Georgia. Beaumont, Texas. Home of Jesse Dayton, former guest of the Doc G Show. So true. Uh, Roanoke, Virginia. Zermont, Switzerland. And once again, Mike, Tokyo, Japan. Yes! Give it up. Tokyo, back on the list. Thank you, Tokyo. Thank you to all the listeners. We appreciate it. We 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 do. Couldn't do it without you. Couldn't do it without you. Mike, need to hit up the old previously on the Doc G Show. Oh. Yep. Yep. Previously on the Doc G Show. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, First off, I've got this, uh, you know me, sometimes uh, facts on the show, I will be very irked if I get a fact wrong. And I know there have been plenty that have slipped by me over the years, but this one I was, uh, I I, I said something off the cuff and I was like, I think that's wrong. And I looked it up, (laughs) totally wrong. Girl, come on. Canada's Uh. population. I said, Mike, 150 million people when we we mentioned something about Canada. There's only 40 million people in Canada. Oh, wow. I was, yeah, I was so off. So off. I'm embarrassed that I had no idea their population was that low. I'm a little embarrassed. Yeah, it seems really low. California has roughly the same population as Canada. Same same mm-hmm. population, about 40 million. And, and, th- and this is another fun fact about Canada's population, Mike. 90% of Canadians live within 100 miles of the U.S. border. Wow. Yeah. So all of that space there in the north, it is just vast wilderness. Just Bigfoot. Yeah. Bigfoot territory. Tons of Sasquatches just going around. Jeez. So there you go, listeners. 40 million. I'm sure all the Canadians that listen to the show already knew that, but for the non-Canadians, there you go. Don't be giving them a population <laughs> that's way bigger than their actual population. Mike, second thing previously on the Doc G Show, we mentioned it a little bit there uh, for potential uh, Halloween outfits. I was uh, lambasted for my caution that I gave to Travis Kelsey. My Swifty friends told me I was being a negative Nancy. <laughs> and uh, I told them, Mike, they were correct. Yes! And I told them, if you were listening to the show, which they said they were, I was like, I prefaced that going into the segment. I was being a negative Nancy. It's literally what I said. So, you did say this. Uh, said it. But one of them told me, Mike, I was just jealous of Taylor Swift. And I was like, I, I don't know. I don't I don't really want to date Travis Kelsey. 
Nope. Tight ends aren't really my style, so I wouldn't say I'm really jealous. And she was like, no, you're jealous of Taylor's success. Mm. And I was like, damn, who is it? Yeah. What, what are you I mean, talking seriously. about? I was like, she's got over 100 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Yeah. Everybody and their mother wants to see her live. And when she spotted in public, it's like an effing unicorn sighting. You think I don't? I'm, of course I'm jealous. But I realize mm-hmm. I'm a no-talent clown, so I shouldn't expect that kind of notoriety. I understand. Plus, that still doesn't have anything to do with me analyzing their relationship. Nope. It doesn't. Those two things don't connect, right? Yeah, no, it doesn't. They just they pull out any little weapon they can was, when, they, when they feel offended. But then another Swifty that I'm friends with, Mike, was like, I heard Travis Kelsey's ex-girlfriend came out and warned Taylor that Travis cheated on her. Wait, what? And I was like, all right. So should I warn Taylor and Travis that this is a bad idea? Is that what you're telling me? Because again, hmm. this does not go against what I was saying. I don't understand i'm a little confused you know lastly mike i would like to point out that travis kelsey's mom wasn't just with taylor swift uh this past sunday yes she did see travis uh uh, she did see taylor swift mike but earlier in the day she was also at her other son's football game jason kelsey's football game in philadelphia and instead of hanging out with Taylor Swift, you want to know who she was hanging out with? Who? Jake from State Farm. Sweet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little surprised, Mike. There wasn't as much media attention regarding Jake from State Farm as there was for Taylor Swift, but whatever. Hmm. Whatever, Mike. That's surprising. I'm just being a positive pat. I hope that Jason Kelsey and Jake from State Farm make it as a couple. I hope yeah. their relationship lasts, everybody. I'm being positive about Me it. Me too. Okay? Me too. Regardless, Mike, I have realized my faux pas, and now I'm so happy and so positive about this relationship with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. So true. They're going to get married in a castle and live happily ever after, and I hope they invite me to their wedding, Mike, because as everyone on this show knows, I love weddings. And oh my mm-hmm. goodness. Uh, it would be the best if I got to go to their wedding. The absolute best. We mm-hmm. could we could mention Taylor Swift songs every five seconds and put them into our conversations like we're trying to have a normal conversation, but we're really just putting the names of the songs into it. It will yeah. be fantastic. A dream came tr- come true, Mike. I can't mm-hmm. wait. I can't wait. I'm super excited, Mike. So there we go. Those are our two updates from the show. Uh, also, Mike, I need, I got one miscellaneous thing and I just noticed this the other day and I'm sure everybody can relate to this. Hmm. Do you ever see a post on your feed or otherwise like on, on, on a search and you instantly think of like the best comment that's just Mm -hmm. awesome for that video? Oh yeah. But then you realize the post is from like a year ago and you're like, mm. oh, man, I can't look like a psycho and put this on there. That has happened to me so many times that I'll be going down my search and there'll be this awesome video. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, I'm going to say this. And then I realize, oh, no, that was from like four months ago. Damn it. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. 
kind of annoying. Or there's like 300 other comments. Uh, you're like, oh, it's going to be buried and you nobody's got, going to get it. Uh, well, and you got to you got to search the feed. I, I search I search the comments and then, you know, there's already seven people that have said a variation of that. And like, right, oh, yeah. come on. Son of a bee. Come on. But regardless, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Dean Denning from Toad the Wet Sprocket right here on the Doc G Show. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are very excited to be welcoming bassist for the fantastic band Toad the Wet Sprocket, who will be in Ponte Vedra on October 5th, Mr. Dean Denning. Dean, how are you, sir? I'm great, thank you. I'm in, uh, I'm in Plymouth, Massachusetts today. Plymouth. Yeah, you guys have already got back on tour. You're on the All You Want yep, tour right. there. And uh, you did the Midwest, so Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, and now you guys are East Coasting it. How have the shows That's been right. so far? Shows have been fantastic. Uh, we've been doing some shows with uh, our old friends, the Burb Pike, mm-hmm. and um, some shows with some other old friends, the Hawthorns. Nice. And we've had a wonderful friend of ours, Megan Flankert, out opening for us as well. So audiences have been great. Show's been great. And uh, just trying to uh, not get our spirits dampened by the rain. It's, uh, yeah, I'm guessing the the tropical depression is going by you guys now? Well, it's all, you know, we're ahead of it. So it's just, it's just wet, you know, being rain makes everything harder in this business. Of course. Of course. Uh, well now this is, I mean, you've been in this business for a good while now. (laughs) This is the, this is the 37th year as a band. Um, right. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a, a limb and just watching you guys as far as like interviews and everything else. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to guess the more years a band puts in, uh, you guys learn to work better together. It's not so much that it gets easier. You're just better at working with each other. Yeah, it's true. I mean, everything just, I, you know, it's, uh, it's that way with people too. Mm-hmm. When you're together and you're, and you're working on something, everything's great. And then as soon as you're apart, everybody starts to wonder what the other person's thinking. You don't have that when you're all, you know, on a bus together and you're all doing the work that you do together. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to wonder anything because when we when we when we get away from each other, we tend to invent things. 
and uh, and and problems come out of nowhere. Yeah. And um, right now we don't really have any problems. Nice, nice. Well, now I'm guessing you know knowing your past and just knowing what you have you know done with the band. I'm guessing you were one of those folks uh, that was music the only thing you ever had sort of looking forward in your life. Did you have any other professions? I, you know, I always want, I mean, I dreamed of, uh, of doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very realistic about the chances of succeeding because they are, you know, they're slim and, but other people in my family had done it. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, uh, encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the, touring and live music and all that kind of thing um i'm pretty sure that it is something that i would have ended up doing anyway because it's like this is just where my heart is Mm -hmm. you know putting on a show um i was going to school well before we got signed um i wanted to get in i wanted to go to film school and you know get into production i never saw myself as being some kind of like a uh uh, on camera type thing. I would, I would, I, I always dreamed of being like a, a film producer behind the scenes and getting stuff made and getting stuff done and problem solving. Mm-hmm. That's more my thing. Re- so I do the same thing here. <laughs> Re- regardless, it was artistic expression in, in a way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, get, yeah, and getting stuff completed, mm-hmm. getting, getting tasks done and getting them out there into the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, now, uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket has had all kinds of, of successes over the years, and you guys are obviously extremely talented. And I think a lot of folks have been drawn in by the harmonies and the, and the, the vocals in general, I should say. Um, and, you know, I, think, I, I was thinking about the other day, because actually I was in uh, the grocery store, and uh, 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 Walk on the Ocean came on. And, uh, right. and, uh, you know, it's a classic in Publix down here. You hear it all the time. It's, it's just there. And, and it just, that, that soaring vocals at the beginning hits you and you're just like, wow, that is, that is, that is something right there. And I, I wondered, was that there from the beginning? Was that one of those things that was immediately apparent to you guys as far as one, your ability to harmonize with each other and two, um, the uh, uh, Glenn's just ability to sing uh, from from the beginning was it apparent? It it was and it wasn't. I mean, it, uh, he was. You know, for years we thought we were going to find a lead singer, you know, type frontman, and Glenn would be the songwriter behind the scenes kind of thing. He, I don't think he saw himself as being the frontman mm-hmm. type, um, and. When we eventually started playing around in Santa Barbara is when he really, he just became the singer in the band. Um, Before I came into the band, which was, I was probably the last person in, Mm -hmm. um, there there weren't a lot of harmonies. Um, But that was something that, you know, I really wanted to do. And it was very natural for me. Mm -hmm. So arranging the songs to have uh, harmonies and certainly having three people in the band be able to hold down different parts and um everybody you know some people can do that and, so, and then some people can do it while they're holding a guitar some people can do it while they're playing a guitar um i had known i had known todd for you know todd and glenn had both been in vocal music we all went to high school together mm-hmm. 
so I knew that those guys, you know, we could work out parts and hold them down. Uh, you know, Todd had been in the uh, barbershop group in uh, the music band. So, I mean, uh, if we could figure out the parts, I knew that we could do them. So we just started adding that, and it became a distinctive thing about our sound um, that we could not only do it on the record, but pull it off live. And we're still, you know, that's still uh, a, a huge part of who we are. And being able to, to do those vocals has always uh, has always been a signature sound of the band. Nice. And yes, it does sound great in public, <laughs> and it sounds especially good in lows. Yeah. And uh, Home Home Depot, I found, has really good acoustics. Um, I hear all I want a lot at the grocery store. Yeah. Um, and we have it at uh, Ralph's and Safeway and all that in California. So. Yeah, I mean, it makes great listening at the grocery store. <laughs> well, I, w I was actually going to ask a, a little bit about that, too, because it's one of those things that I, I was, you know, I, I think about with with uh, with your guys' tunes because your your tunes have such song power. I mean, you know, yeah. the walk on the ocean, all I want, I mean— but before before you guys were coming on the show, I told my uh, co-host that you were coming on the show, and I told a couple other folks at the station that you're coming on the show, and they're like, "I think I've heard that band before." And I was like, "You've definitely heard that band." They're like, "Have I?" And I was like, "Play walk," and I just pull out my phone and I put walk uh, walk on the ocean. They're like, "Oh yeah, I have heard. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's an amazing song." And do do you ever step back and just sort of think about? how impressive it is as far as that song recognition of the songs you guys have put out there that they may not know who you are. You can walk in anonymity around uh, uh, Lowe's, but as soon as that song comes on, they go, oh, man, I love this song. Yeah, it's true. And we're watching a new phenomenon happen, happen right now, which is, for example, yesterday we were parked in front of the theater that we were playing, and our name is on the mark. Mm -hmm. And um, there were some people walking down the street. They see the name on the marquee and they go, oh, I wonder what that is. And we're watching them um, uh, uh, out the window of the bus and, and they don't know that we're watching. It's kind of creepy, but not really. <laughs> but so they're watching us. They look at the name and then they, they look it up on Spotify. And then there's the look of realization when they figure out what 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 our songs are. Yeah. And they go, oh, it's them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that happens literally all the time. <laughs> When that does, uh, I mean, I think this is this is a new thing, like you mentioned, with with social media and and streaming. But do you have the younger crowd now to the you know the sort of Gen Z crowd that has found your music, and then they are all about the songs that are not the popular songs. They are into they've found the deep cuts on the albums, and that's what they're coming to uh, shows for. I think, uh, you know, some of them are coming for that. A lot of people, you know, streaming has made it really easy for people to do a deep dive into the catalog of any artist. I've mm -hmm. seen it with my own uh, kid. She's 20 years old. If she likes an artist, she will listen to everything by that artist mm -hmm. all at once and, and, uh, and, and, you know, figure out uh, what they like and what, what they don't like. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, it's, it's good, and we are seeing more young people at the shows. It used to be just uh, families mm -hmm. uh, bringing their, their kids, but now we're starting to see uh, younger people showing up in groups. Um, 
this on their own, which nice. is fantastic. It's, yeah. uh, it um, it's always it, al- it always feels good to be able to uh, to reach uh, new people, mm-hmm. and um, that's the age uh, when people are really discovering music. Hopefully, it's hitting them at a time where they'll they might become fans for for life. You know, uh, if all goes well. So, well, it's um, it's really exciting. If they if they follow the arc. Of your other fans, they will be because the, the the Toad fans seem to be Toad fans for life. It's uh, they do, they do. It's a really nice thing. We we um, I know people that have come to fifty or more of our shows. So um, I've told them, don't buy any more tickets. I'll put you on the guest. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've done your part. You've done your part. They've they've they've, they've done more than enough. <laughs> Well, you guys, you guys have been going for a long time. You took a hiatus there in the middle of the the career. There uh, it was it was you know a good solid five years of of no shows, and then there was a good yeah. another five years of some shows before you came back to a full time band. And I, I love the story when you guys came back uh, at the beginning. It was really because of of Counting Crows, uh, Adam Duritz. Right. Wanted, he was a he was a huge Toad fan. Uh, what he was, he was actually, before we had our uh, before we had our email uh, our uh, email list. Mm-hmm. We had um, a snail mail, what they would call now a snail mail uh, email list, where we used to send out postcards to, to people. People could sign up at the shows mm-hmm. and give us their address, and then they'd get a postcard in the mail telling them where we were playing near them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that was when we thought that we would never get played on the radio, so we would have to keep in touch with fans directly. Mm-hmm. And Adam Duritz was on our original mailing list before Counting Crows were even a thing. Mm. So he was a fan from the beginning, and then we met them Um probably around 1994 um our producer was in the running to actually work on uh august and everything after the counting crows debut album so i mean we had even heard the demos for that record because he had played them for us um so we were aware of those guys and then we met them and you know we're all from california all about fan apes you know uh, they liked our music we liked their music um when when we broke up for that brief period of time and um, they you know Adam made us the offer to to get back together and open counting crows shows it was just too it was just too good of a, a an offer to pass up yeah. and um, and that was a great way to come back because their audience is fantastic they have a very loyal audience and they're really into music so oh for sure for sure love yeah. love some counting crows songs um, oh yeah what, do you uh, do you ever look back? I mean, you know that that five years of hiatus. Do you ever look back and say, "Man, we should have kept going," or was or is it one of those yeah, oh, everything happens for a doubt. reason? Um, without a doubt, we should have kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, we need, we didn't need to break up. We just needed to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, that was you know when I think about what we missed out on during that time, just in terms of. People were actually still buying CDs, mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, you know, streaming was not yet a thing. But at the same time, um, it, the marketplace was was definitely different by the time 2000 rolled around, and um, there were a lot of other bands doing, uh, you know, things that were very similar to what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So 
what do you, you know, faced with that, what do you do? Do you, uh, you know, reinvent yourself like an Octum baby type situation? Yeah. Um, what do you do to, uh, uh, to, to try and break through? Or do you even have to feel like you need to push it or you just sort of settle in and continue to do what you're good at? Yeah. It was just kind of, you know, growing pains, figuring out who we were, what we wanted to do. Um, probably not enough people shook us and, uh, up and said, you guys are making a big mistake. Um, you know, it's, uh, but you know, you, you, the, the breakup was obviously, I mean, successful because here we are 30 some years later and, you know, we managed to pull it off. Mm-hmm. So, um, we may have, we may have missed a few CD, uh, years of, of CD sales, but you know, we got all this on the back end uh, uh, to make up for it. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, you've been highly, obviously, successful as far as the touring. You've got a lot of cool things that you've recorded since uh, coming back. And I actually just saw just yeah. uh, just a couple of years ago, really cool. You did uh, you released the best of me, and you had uh, Michael McDonald on the version of the best yeah. of me. And I mean, you know, the Michael McDonald. I mean, come the on, Michael McDonald. Keep forgetting. Yeah. Uh, how, how did that come to fruition? That was really kind of born out of a couple of things. Um, one is Santa Barbara, where we're from. Um, he also lives in the area, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, a lot of a lot of yacht rock guys kind of live in in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Kenny Loggins lives in Santa Barbara. Um, Michael McDonald lives in Santa Barbara. Um, you know, you might just run into Kenny when you're walking around downtown. Um, it's happened to me before. Uh, so to try and blend what we do with the, with this older generation of Santa Barbara yacht rock guys has always kind of been in the back of my head. Like, what if, you know, wouldn't that be great? Um, just even as a stunt. So, um, that song bested me, um, we will well, ever since we started working on it originally uh todd our guitar player and i we did the backup vocals but because of the nature of that part i always called it the michael mcdonald part because one thing michael mcdonald tends to do is he has his own space in the record mm-hmm. he doesn't tend to harmonize with the lead singer he's not a backup vocalist he's a he's like a counterpoint vocalist mm-hmm. He's always the one who's got the such a long way to go. You know, he's got his own place. He's mm-hmm. not harmonizing with Christopher Cross. And this song really had that. It had the, uh, op- there was an opportunity there to do a real Michael McDonald part. So um, one day Glenn's walking down the street. He runs into a friend of his who's basically the guy who built everybody's home studios in Santa Barbara. Mm. And he says, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, actually, I'm working on a, a new album with Michael McDonald. And Glenn goes, what? Um, and and it's like it's now or never. I'm, I'm I might as well ask. Hey, would Michael be interested in in doing a guest vocal on a Toad album? And it was kind of like, oh, you know, oh. can't hurt to ask. Yeah. And believe it or not, he said yes. And it took a while to get it done, but we were in no hurry to put out the record because it was a pandemic. Yeah. Um. And so we waited and we waited and we almost thought it wasn't going to happen. And then one day well, the dream came true and 
uh, a folder full of Michael McDonald vocal files, like 15 tracks, landed in my email box. And Michael Blue, our producer, and I got to go through these and 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 uh, you know work on them a little bit and and uh, and and get the balance right. And that's that's what's on the first version of the record. The version that's out now, this new All You Want, mm-hmm. is the original. Has the original version of that song yeah. with Todd and I to the backup vocals ourselves. But it's still called the Michael McDonald part, even though it's Todd and I singing. Just, it's just Todd and I singing the Michael McDonald part. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's an amazing opportunity, of course, to to work with uh, a legend like that. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, because it was the pandemic and we were all working in lockdown, we did not get to be in the same room with yeah. Michael McDonald, um, and he has not performed it live with us. It was done entirely remotely, um, but still, the magic is there. Maybe, maybe sometime here in the near future. Well, uh, it's sort of going. We're all still young. Uh, we're sort of we're going. All still young. <laughs> yes, all relative, all relative. Uh, it was sort of going along with that. Uh, another artist that I saw. This was actually a while back. I, I don't think this ever came to like anything as far as a recording, but I saw on your social media, and it was just amazing. I saw you singing with uh, Steve Perry like five years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How did that happen? And was that supposed to be like a recording for anything or? No, no, that was, I, um, a friend of mine was producing, uh, Steve Perry's, uh, comeback album that he had, he hadn't made an album in years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my friend Tom Flowers was co-producing it with Steve. He was going down to Steve's uh, home studio at his house and working during the week and then coming back to Santa Barbara on the weekends. And so we, you know, and we knew that Steve knew who we were because he was signed to, you know, Journey were on Columbia Records. Um, And uh, we knew, he knew a lot of the same people we did at the record company. Anyway, long story short. He was in a, we were rehearsing for our tour. He was in a room next door rehearsing to do some live television appearances. Mm -hmm. It was still a secret that he had made a new album. Nobody knew. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but I, I remember driving into the parking lot, getting out of my car and I, my friend Tom drives up and I go, I go, what are you doing here? And then I figured it out. I said, is today the day I'm going to meet Steve Perry? And Tom goes, I think it is. And so at one point, he, he brought Tom over to our rehearsal. No, he brought Steve over to our rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And Steve was just the most wonderful guy. He, he, he talked about, you know, his whole his whole uh, career and his, his, his love for music and and um, and his whole journey getting back into recording. And, and then how he had, you know, how he had heard us when he was at Columbia and... Uh, and had loved our, our records back then. Wow! And then and then we all and then you know before I knew it we were we were singing all I want and he comes over and he's singing with me on the mic and it's like I can't even believe this I'm singing with Steve yeah. Perry it's crazy yeah it's crazy because that that voice that voice comes out and it's just incredible it's like it's you've heard it so many times oh. but to hear him do it in real life you know like less than a foot away from you is nuts. How, how tempted were you to just ask him to, to belt out a, a journey tune or, or one of his solo songs there? Uh, you know, <laughs> I was allowed to ask. 
but I did not. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been. did not sing Oh Scary. I was, I was about to say, I was like, oh, can you just give us an acapella? Just, just... Been, no! Oh, man. So good. Yeah. Such a good song. <laughs> Well, that, that's, uh, that, I mean, I, I saw that and I was like, man, I don't know. I wouldn't have been able to keep it together, I don't think, if I would have been. Yeah, I know. Would have been right beside it. Was tough. It was tough. It was, yeah, it was, we were definitely holding it together. Nice, nice. Well, now, you, you mentioned it there a couple times. You guys released the All All You Want bonus edition. Uh, it's re-recording of the All I Want album uh, and right. bonus bonus songs there. Um, and it sounds amazing. Like, I mean, going back, like that's all re-recorded, all new tracks. Well, it's all, uh, it's, it's a collection of everything we've done since 2012. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's a combination of, we originally when we, um, we, we were able to get the rights back to our whole publishing catalog so we own all of our songs now which if you're gonna you know if you're gonna be in this business that's a, an important part to have but, yeah um so what we did was uh, and on the advice of our business manager um we recorded versions of our songs so that we could use them for films and television because um Licensing, if your song yeah. is on the OA playing over the speaker at a gas station, nobody's going to be able to tell whether it's the original version or mm-hmm. a very clever uh, uh, recreation, which is what we did. Um, and so we have we now um, we now can be what we call a one stop shop when it comes to film and TV licensing, which we do a lot of. Mm-hmm. And um, and and when people say, "Hey, can I use a song?" We can we can just say yes without them having to go to Columbia Records and have Columbia Records say yeah it's going to be three hundred fifty thousand dollars for that track or whatever. So we can now be in control of, of our of our catalog in a very uh, healthy way. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we did the new Constellation record in two thousand fourteen. We did an EP called Architect of the Ruin. We, we've done songs for tribute albums. We did a song for a movie called Animal Crackers. And so we added all of that, and now it's a big uh, 19-song package of everything that we've recorded independently since 2012. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty impressive when you listen to the whole thing. For sure. And, and I mean, the the re-recordings of the original songs, in like you said, in a creative way, they sound great. I mean, that's the thing, is they sound uh, phenomenal. Some, some of them are direct re-records like you're trying to make it sound exactly like the like mm-hmm. the, the track other ones like windmills or crowing or brother there were problems that we felt later on with the original recordings brother was dreadfully slow mm-hmm. um crowing was too slow in fact we very sped it on the record which led the the final um version on dulcinea to be somewhere between two keys and then there was um windmills we added a new section in the middle live and so we added that into the recorded version that we did so that because we liked it so much this new arrangement um so yeah some of them are updated versions and some of them are are direct uh sound alike a la taylor's version Mm -hmm. um so you can you can think of this as as a all you want code version p.s now, did you uh, uh, with I know all I want? Uh, there was that that situation where when you were first recording it, trying to find what was in tuning there, and it turned out to be right. your bass. 
Uh, it did, yes. Did you end up uh, using that same uh, base? Because I know you had to use a unique base on the original. Do you use the same base on the re-recording? I, what, what happened was for all for all the bass players out there, I don't know how, how exciting this is for everyone else. <laughs> but on the day on the day we mixed it, in order to be able to fix it, I had to borrow our producer's roommate's uh, music man Stingray, mm-hmm. and I played it on that. It sounded great. Um, uh, the song was successful. And this kind of leads me into an interesting thing about the re-records because, yes, I did. Use, I, I had bought after that. I bought a, a Stingray, nice. and I I've used it on lots of songs. But I did use the, the Stingray on the re-record of All I Want. In fact, and this is where the interesting thing is: the thing about these recordings is that for the most part, it's the same people playing the same songs in the same key on the same exact guitars through the same amps and the same drums right down to the exact snare drum that was used on every song originally being used on the re-record. So it's as close as possible as yeah. you can get to a, to a direct uh, recreation of the original right down to the to the guitars and the drums. Man, man. Yeah, that's well, that's why it sounds that's uh, why it sounds uh, so spot on. Like I said, it's uh, it's yeah, we were we, we had the ability to do that um, because, uh, you know, uh, we were all we were all still playing together and we still all ha- had all that stuff. So we just needed to bring it out. Some of the guitars that uh, Todd played hadn't been he hadn't used them for years, um, but they came out and um, and and that's that's contributing to the sound of that record for sure. For sure. Well, uh, I, I I've got a I've got a whole bunch of other questions, but I'm going to save those questions. I wanted to end the uh, the interview. We talked about it before we came on air here about you guys did a social media post where you asked your fans uh, directly on social media, and you you guys are releasing uh, some of these questions. But I wanted to ask you a couple of them, see if you could give us some answers to these questions from from the big Toad fans here in a little bit of a yeah. lightning round. Um, okay. some, some of them are pretty good. I will, I will try. I will try. Can I, if I don't want to answer one, can I pass? Of course. Of course. Okay. All right. So let's do a lightning round. This first one, uh, Sunlight Share VB, she asked, is this Dean's idea referring to that post? Oh, uh, was that my idea? No, it was not my idea. Mm-hmm. If I'm being perfectly honest, mm-hmm. it was... It was our manager's idea. <laughs> that's that's what I, I I figured that when I saw that question, I was like, yeah, I bet you that's a manager's idea. Let's, uh, but oh, well, you know what? Recently, um, you know, we do these um, we do these VIP kind of mm-hmm. greets every day with with diet with big fans mm-hmm. um, before the show, and they get a special acoustic performance. And and um, I I I was the one who started turning it into a Q and A originally okay. because it seemed. It seemed kind of funny to just not, you know, there, we needed a framework for to be able to interact with yeah. people. And, and I was really hoping that we could get some interesting conversations going and people might come with some good questions. So, so halfway, um, yeah, yes. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was something we started doing just with our management. Like, so like, that's, yeah, like. long-winded way of, of doing a life for so, uh, <laughs> Next one, there's a bunch of them about this, but I'll just ask, set list. How do you guys come up with the set list for your shows? The set list, um, we we don't tend to change it night to night because the show has 
gotten more sort of scripted over time. It's, it's got a section in it that can be changed, mm-hmm. but right now we're tu- we're touring with um, you know we're touring with uh, a lighting director, and we've designed a show that kind of has th- is a more of a three act structure. Mm-hmm. We're trying to go for something with bigger production values, mm-hmm. and it's, and and it's you know you can occasionally swap out a song here and there, but right now we've got a very nice. Uh, show if you right. will if you if you're if you're lucky enough to get to this point in your career what you end up with is a sort of show mm-hmm. that at any given time uh, is you know how what you feel are the best songs in your catalog uh to play at that time so right now we've got we've, we've got a really nice show that's got you know this beginning section and then it's got uh, an acoustic section in the middle where we've kind of reinvented a couple of songs maybe throw in a cover there and then it has a third act that is is full of uh you know razzle dazzle and whiz bangery um and it leaves everyone on a high note um so the set list i mean uh it's it's you know definitely uh songs that people are going to find familiar Mm -hmm. um we're not a band that does that refuses to play our hits even though in the 90s that was a thing you know that, oh, yeah. that people would be like we're, we're, we're gonna not play our hits just to be cool <laughs> and uh but but we play it we, we play all all the popular songs every night nice nice uh, um but you know we look at everything from streaming data on spotify um you know we definitely look at what we played the last time we were in a given place to make sure that it's different Mm-hmm. Uh, from year to year, because we play a lot of the same places uh, year in and year out. You got. It, it seems like a lot of the people asking those questions, they had their favorite deep cut that they wanted to hear, and they were sort of wondering why. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, yeah, it's because I'm, I'm guessing the rest of the crowd would be like, why are they playing this one? Then you'd have two. Well, you know, I don't, think a lot, I don't think a lot of people understand that we don't book the hall, yeah. and we don't, we're, we don't book, we don't put on the show, you know, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't rent the building. Mm-hmm. Someone has to. Someone has to buy the show, <laughs> and that person is the concert promoter. Yeah. And when and when a concert promoter buys you for the night, um, they expect certain things. You're you're kind of working for them. Yeah. You're not, you know, and and um and that and that the audience is going to be expecting certain things. If people want to hear deep cuts. You know, that's a great thing to do for a small group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the larger the audience gets, the harder it becomes to, to do that because you're going to end up off more people than you're pleasing. Yep. Uh, you don't want to off 700 people to please three people. Mm, yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, here's another one. Michael Levison coming in. This one should be, the I, you would be the best to answer this. Who's the biggest introvert, Glenn or Todd? Oh, Todd is definitely the biggest introvert. Yeah, um, he um, he enjoy. You know, he's not the uh, you know the the kind of rock star that revels in the attention. Mm-hmm. Um, he would rather be um, uh, pra- playing the guitar, practicing, building a guitar. He, he's very much an introvert. Yeah, he's he's very much wired that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes it seems like it's a, a miracle that he's, uh, you know, that he, that he became a performer, that he goes out there yeah. and stands, you know, he used to get very, very nervous. And, um, um, you know, he, he does it now, yeah. uh, uh, 
with less thought than ever. But he definitely, um, you know, when we have days off, you know, and other people are like, let's go do this or whatever. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to chill. So he needs to, he needs to time away to reset. Todd wins. Todd wins on the introvert question. This Todd one, wins on that one, yeah, for This sure. one's for you, too. When I first saw Toad at the Coach House, 1990-ish, Dean played keyboards, too. Why not since? Well, that's interesting that, uh, that we bring that up because I am playing keyboards in the show now. There See, we that's go. one of the changes that we've made by designing a set that, that has these, uh, these multiple sort of arts in it. And I am, I'm back. I'm playing keys on one song. Very nice. Very nice. So there you go. There, for that person, it's back. There's your answer. He's back. He's back. This one, I love Perfect this time. question. Family Man Detroit asks, when did you first realize the profound impact your songs have on your fans? When we feel it every night. Um, you, you, can, you, can, you, know, you can see it on their faces. There are people that just flat out sometimes burst into tears uh, during a song. I mean, music is like that. Mm -hmm. It can unlock uh, your emotions in a way that, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, that, that is profound. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I mean, everybody has their own story um, about, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether it's a song that allowed someone to live more fully or whether it was a song that someone wanted to hear as they were leaving this life you know just the fact that our music is a part of people's lives and that they want to include us in their in their momentous uh journey that's that's the privilege right there For sure. um we 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 wanted to make something that would have that kind of an impact on people and to know that it has um and it just makes me glad that we haven't stopped because uh, to be able to reach people in that way is is one of the best things you can do with your time on this earth definitely two more two more we got one yes. here this one uh this is a good one uh do well and I'm, I'm guessing it's gonna be hard but do you have a favorite song right now to perform in that set list Favorite song to perform in the set list? Mm -hmm. um, right now, we have been doing a, if you can believe it or not, we've been doing a reinvented version. We, 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 we have done a complete makeover on the song Good Intentions, okay. which was a very successful a single of ours. It was on the Friends uh, the TV show soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Um but we have done a complete makeover on the song, and it has it has taken on a new life that is wholly unexpected, and that the audience has been eating up nice. every night. They love it. Nice, nice. Okay, last one. This one goes with our uh, with our listening audience. Zoe Girl seventy four. She says she's going to see you guys in Clearwater, Florida. Wants to know: yeah. Do you have any favorite venues here in Florida? Golly, uh, in Florida, I mean, we played at the Culture Room in Fort Lauderdale a lot. Mm -hmm. um, that's a, you know, that's a, a, a kind of a funny room, but we always have great shows there, and, and a lot of people have seen us there. Very nice. Um, it, 
it's just kind of in this mall, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't expect um, that the kinds of people that they get through there. They he, he gets he gets really great oh, talent yeah. coming through that, but um, it's it's a little bit bonkers. So that's that's actually been a good gig for us. We've done it. I want to say three or four times in the last you know ten years or so. Nice, nice. Well. Dean, we are up against a break. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us on the show today. It's been a pleasure. I'm for, glad we were able to put it together. For sure. Listeners, make sure you stream all Toad the Wet Sprocket catalog. Make sure you get out there and see them on on tour this fall, October 5th at Ponte Vedra Concert Hall. Right now, let's hear the classic off the all-you-want version of Walk on the Ocean right here on the Doc G Show. Nice. We spotted the ocean where are we going so far away somebody told me this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe walk on the ocean Step on the stores Fish becomes water Wood becomes bold Half an hour later Packed up all the things Said we'd send letters all of those little things And they knew we were lying they smile just the same Seem that I already Got we came Walk on the ocean Step on the stones Fish becomes water Wood becomes bone Walk on the ocean Flesh becomes water Wood becomes Water, wood becomes bold. 
upon the stones Flesh becomes water Wood becomes The Doc G, a show you just heard, Toad, The Wet, Sprocket. Do not miss them in concert this week, tomorrow, in Ponte Vedra. Woo-hoo! It's, it's your chance to see them. It's your chance to hear all the hits, folks. You got to mm-hmm. get out there. You got to make it happen. Mike, I, uh, like I said in the interview, um love hearing toad the wet sprocket when i'm in uh publics it happens a good deal it happens oh, yeah. a good amount of time i'll be it in there and all song. of a sudden i'm just like what <laughs> this is a jam everybody and i i gotta yeah, i gotta be honest if i was dean and that happened every single person i passed i'd be like i played on this song yeah as as me you hear that right there that's my raucous baseline just to let you know yeah I was part of writing this song. I mean, granted, everyone in the the store would think I was insane, and they wouldn't believe me, (laughs) but I would still do it. Like, I would definitely love to just brag about that all over the place. I mean, you're you're just massive jams of the 90s, Mike. Oh, yeah. It definitely was. And then then to have the lead singer of, of The Counting Crows and Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish, uh... To, to love your music. Darius Rucker and, and Adam Durwitz just being like mm-hmm. the biggest Toad fans ever. Like, come on. Those two guys? Those dudes are some big names right there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they are. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But they're, they're out there getting it, touring, guys. Make sure you stream all their music. Make sure you get to the concert if you can. But right now, Mike, we need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Mm. Mike C. Top 3. Woo! Mike, uh, this is our last, uh, well, maybe for a while. We'll come back to it. This is our last for a while touring the world top three. What are our favorite top three things to do? And this time you chose Germany. We've done India. We've done Japan. And I'll be honest. Uh, I have a lot of honorable mentions on this one. Not because I think Germany is better than Japan or uh, India. I just had more time researching this one. So I just kept Mm -hmm. on adding things on the list. And then I thought about it. I was like, oh, these are pretty cool. But they're not like, I mean, like, I'm not like, I gotta see this, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I'll say, like, I don't know. 
the the natural wonders of Japan and whatnot, I think, still uh, uh, above Germany for me. But yeah, Japan's but very big draw in, much closer. Like I said, is a lot yeah. easier to get to Germany. That's a big draw for me. So, anyways, Mike, do you want to uh, give some of your uh, honorable mentions? Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah. Uh, the oh man, I'm gonna I'm butcher some names. Butcher a lot. Oh, Here yeah. we go. Uh, so. The Dutchess Museum in Munich mm -hmm. uh, is the largest museum of science and technology in the world. Mm -hmm. I would definitely want to go check that out. Uh, the uh, Quedlinburg, um, I would like to go to that place. Uh, the highest number of medieval houses, mm. um, a thousand, wow, roughly. Yeah, that's a uh, and then uh, the last one is the Schwerin castle uh and it was it's uh, i think it's the oldest castle in germany it was made in 973 mm, i saw that yeah. one i did not put that one on my list uh mm -hmm. it was close it was close uh it's pretty good ones it's pretty good ones i i, I think uh yeah. uh yeah what about let's see here i have urrocker wasserfall which is uh, a waterfall, of course. Of course. Honorable of course, mention, yes. though, because the <laughs> waterfalls in Germany, eh, they're not, you know, it's cool. It's not as grand. It's definitely a cool yeah. waterfall, but it's it's not blowing anybody away. Nope. Uh, then I have Olm, Olm Minster, which is, people often call it a cathedral, but it's not actually a cathedral. It's massive. It is huge, yeah. and that's why people call it a, a cathedral. It's pretty crazy. Uh, then, of course, honorable mention, BMW and Mercedes Museums. think that'd be really fun mm. to go to. Yeah. Be really cool. Uh, just some great car history there. Uh, not the castle that you brought up, but Neuschwanstein Castle. Neuschwanstein. Mm, I saw, yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. That's a pretty cool one. And then the Liechtenstein Castle. The Liechtenstein Castle. I, 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 there there are a good number of castles like this, Mike. But I got to say, um, the Liechtenstein Castle really cuts down on your yard space. Because they basically just built it right on the side of a mountain. Mm. Like, literally, there's mm -hmm. no way. Like, if you open one of the doors, you just go flying off the side of the the building like i know it was for safety and whatnot that people couldn't like storm your castle but at the mm -hmm. same time makes it really one difficult if you want to just sort of enjoy your yeah. yard because it's non-existent yeah. but yeah but great for uh for not getting murdered or yes whatever. yes yeah. <laughs> uh then uh partnock gorge Partnock Gorge, also very cool. I'm a big gorge guy, you know? Word. Very en enjoyable gorge there. Okay. Um, now, my number three, Mike, sort of goes on uh, with your number uh, or your honorable mention. I want to make sure this is correct. Let me just check this up. Yes. Uh, so I want to go to Museum Island in Berlin, Germany. Mu mm. uh, Museum Island has five museums clustered together, and it's like the most museum material in all of the world. So there's just like oh, wow. something there for everyone. So wow. Museum Island in Berlin, that's my number three. Mike, your number three. 
Wait, so it's even bigger than like Smithsonian, Washington? Because that's a few museums as well, right? Wow. Okay. Um, So I want to check out the Miniature Wonderland in Hamburg. And if you can imagine, it is a bunch of tiny... Miniature, it's just miniatures. miniature cities. Yes. Yeah, miniatures. They got like a miniature soccer stadium, miniature uh, just cities. They, but then in, in each, I was watching. I watched a YouTube video. In each little miniature, there's like little. There's like a car accident happening. There's like people making love in vans. It's, what? It's got everything. It's got everything. That's Doc G. miniature wonderland. That's great YouTube video. That's mainly. The, the main part is the people getting it on in the miniatures yeah. of the miniature There's a couple island. scenes there. Yeah, like, yeah, people in a flower field doing it. There are people in a van. And then the little van is rocking back and forth. <laughs> and there's like people with cameras. It's great. Yeah, miniature wonderland. I did, I did see that on Potentials. I did see that on Potentials. Uh, I, it, sadly, Mike, the, the miniatures did not draw me in enough. Maybe, yeah, ma- maybe once I get there, you know? Maybe once mm-hmm. I'm in Germany, I'm mm-hmm. like, I got to check it out. I got to say it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. By yeah, the yeah. way, I do want to backtrack, Mike. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the biggest in the world. It says it's one of the most outstanding museum complexes in Europe. Okay. So, so you know, y- yeah, you, you may, we may be blowing them away here in America. I find that hard to believe, but we may be blowing them away. I don't know. Yeah, they have a lot of history. Yeah, so exactly. I, I don't know. Get Lots of over three million visitors a, uh, a year. Hmm. Yeah, it's wild. Wild. Anywho, um, okay, my number two, Mike. My number two. We went sort of uh, naturey on my number two. Uh, the the Ricketts Bridge, Rackets Bridge, also mm. known as the Devil's Bridge. Huh? Don't know if you've ever seen this, Mike. If you go ahead. Put it in the old Google machine. Put in the Devil's Bridge there. Uh, it's a it's a bridge that was made several hundred years ago. That when you look at it from afar in front of the bridge, it actually makes a perfect circle in the water. So because of its shape, because of how oh, it's yeah. shaped, you get a perfect circle when you look at it there in uh, in the water. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it was called the Devil's Bridge because uh, people are like, you could only get that perfect arch and that perfect circle if you were doing it with the devil, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So ex- terrible bridge design, by the way. Just throwing that <laughs> not out not there. the easiest, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, just super cool, man. Just yeah, it is. It's really beautiful. I mean, lots of good. It, picks. It'd be one of those that'd be really uh, let down as far as like like just in the fact that you'd go there and you just look at it for like thirty minutes and then you'd be like, all right, okay, <laughs> all right, that's that's about that, you know. Like it'd be a lot of just contemplation time, but it just looks yeah. awesome, man. It's just like making that it perfect, is beautiful. That perfect circle is just wild. Just wild. Yeah. Um, Assuming that you also have to count on the water being still. There can't be any turbulence in the water or any. Yeah, exactly. You got to get a good uh, reflection. Yeah, Yeah, you got to get a really good reflection. Mike, you're number two. Uh, I also went naturey. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Zugspites Mountain. Mm. Uh, Nine thousand seven hundred eighteen feet. You can hike it May through September. Um, It's an eight thousand feet elevation climb. 
I'm all about climbing mountains, Doc G. You if are. I go to a place, I want to go to the tallest place in that place. You, you, wherever the tallest place. You let's go. are a very uh, yeah. aspiring mountaineer. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Within, you know, within limits. You know, I'm not gonna go. No I'm not climbing. Yeah, no, nothing crazy. Yeah, and if I oxygen tank, no way. They've got, There's they've got no like a station glaciers. up there at the top. They got this whole crazy like building up there at the top that's wild uh just uh at, at, at zug spites uh top that's what the the zug spites mountain station mike that's 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 crazy uh it does i, I will say t- oh they do oh wow i didn't even know that yeah I, oh cool i will say um it l- looks a lot taller than it actually is you know yeah, it does. Like it looks like a mountain that's like twenty thousand feet tall, and then you're like, "Oh, it's only yeah. nine thousand. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's not that tall. All right. It's uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, it's, it's def- very vertical. Definitely cool though, Mike. Definitely cool. Mm-hmm. I'd go mm-hmm. on you with that one. There's no, there's no worries of uh, volcanoes on that. I'm good with that. No, no way. We can hit that one, uh, Mike. My number one, a little bit of a curveball for me. But I just got really drawn okay. in by this one, and I was like, I got to see this thing, man. And that would be Cologne Cathedral. Cologne Cathedral, Mike. Mm. It, it It is an, yeah, I saw enormous. That. They started building it in 1248, and they didn't finish completion until 1880. <laughs> This is crazy, Mike. 550 years. Over 500 and... Oh, sorry. Over 600 years that it took to build this thing. Mm, yeah. I would have to check that out. And it, that should have been in my top three, too, Doc G. That's awesome. It holds the shrine to what people think are the three kings from, you know, from the Christmas story. The three kings. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't know that. wow. It's it's just and that's the whole that was the whole stimulus of why they built the the uh, church was it was basically in honor of getting this uh, three kings shrine, and so they they started building this this uh, just ridiculous cathedral. Even now, Mike, a hundred craftsmen work on it daily. 365 days a year to keep it maintained. There are 100 employees that just work on maintenance of all the stones, of all the craftsmanship. It is insane when you look at those videos and pictures of that of that cathedral. Wow. I mean, it's when we went really over the top to our godhouses. We were like, you know what? We're going to really going to really jazz this thing up. We're going to really take this one over the top. And they took that one over the top, Mike. It's like a yeah, football field worth of 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 stained glass on that thing, man. It is bananas. Absolutely bananas. But anyway, Doctor, I'm uh yeah, I'm uh, so does that mean that the three kings are like entombed there yeah. or something or yeah, okay. Yeah, they're okay. they're in that That's they're they're it, in yeah. that little shrine there. That's Pretty cool. They opened cool. it back in the 1800s, apparently, Mike, and there was just, uh, you know, uh, cloth and uh, bones in there. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
I don't know what they were expecting to find in there. If they were expecting to find some like frankincense and myrrh, or just like a note that was like "suckers," this wasn't any. These weren't three. Oh damn it! They got us. Like you know, I don't know what they were expecting, but apparently they just opened up and they're like, "Huh." And you know, back then they couldn't do DNA testing, so it's not like they're like, "Up." Oh. It is the Three Kings. No, they just open mm-hmm. it up. Three wise men. That's what I was, the, the term. Three wise men. Okay. Three, three wise, wise men. men, but the Three Kings. Anyways, that's what, it, the three wise men from the Christmas story. For some reason, wise men, just such a hard term for my brain to get. I was like, <laughs> what am I? It's not kings, because it, it's called the Three Kings Shrine, but it is the mm-hmm. wise men of the story. But like, I was just like, what okay. is that term? Wise men, such a tough term, Mike. Nope. Mike, uh, number one for you. What do you got? Um, okay, so uh, it's kind of random, Doc G, but I would want to, and I've always wanted to do this. Mike, you've my, never my... failed me with your random number one, so I'm not surprised. Here we go. I want to rent a Lamborghini <laughs> and drive on the Autobahn. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Top speed. I like it. I like it. Well, it. Mike, I don't... I mean, I don't want to ruin your your thought, <laughs> but since you're in Germany, why not a Porsche or a BMW? I mean, I know Lamborghini. Okay, it goes it, it potentially go faster, but shouldn't you go the 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 car of the country? Hmm. I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I thought about that because I I think that they would be like probably a lot easier for me to drive. I have no idea how to drive a Lamborghini, like a paddle shifter and all that stuff. You could, but, you um, could get you could get a Porsche that would be comparable to the speed of a Lamborghini, no doubt. They've got really? I, oh yeah. They they got Porsches that are comparable. I'm not impressed by Porsches. I don't I I, if I, I could, could find you a Porsche Lambo. that you'd be impressed yeah. with. They all look the same. No, nah, I, I could find one oh, that gonna, you'd be we're impressed. We're going to lose some listeners. I'm going to lose some people. <laughs> we're going to lose. All, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm just, I am partial because I'm in my character of Larry, the Porsche selling guy <laughs> from Lifeguard. So I am loving Porsches. But regard, no, that's a good, Mike. They also, back in the day when uh, Conan used to do his, uh, his, uh, traveling to other countries segment he traveled to germany that's exactly he actually did it with an i8 bmw and uh he took it out there and got it up he got it up to some i mean i think he got up to like it it wasn't like top speed but he got it up to like 140 150 something like that oh it's the it's the super sports car you know it's the it's the one that's the hybrid electric uh, super sports oh, car. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would definitely, definitely drive that. Yeah. I would drive that or a Lambo. I'd probably drive actually that that BMW i8. Yeah. That's actually a really, really cool car. I did not consider that. Pretty wild, so, Mike. Yeah. Pretty wild. That'd be the move. All right, I like it. That's a, that's a good one. You can you can take me in that to Cologne mm-hmm. Cathedral. We'll knock off both of our top ones in the same time. <laughs> Let's do it, Doc G. And Mike, I'm going to be go. very upset if you wreck and kill us before we get to the Cologne <laughs> Cathedral. But uh, I'm wow. sure I trust your driving. Regardless, Mike, what is our topic for next week? Hmm. Um, I kind of hinted at it, but like, what about top three video games? Of all time, huh? Of all time, yeah. Top three video games. Ooh. Okay, Mike, you're going to make me look old. That's what you're going to do, because I'm not going to have any video games 
like newer than 2004. So, well, hey, it's a video game. I'm sure a lot of people would agree with your top three, whatever they are. I'm going to look super old. No, man. All right. Okay, we're doing top video games. Listen, that's going to be tough, too, because I got a lot of got a lot of favorites. There's going to be a lot of honorable mentions on this one, listeners. I'm going to have yeah, this is going to be same. this is going to be a, like some of the music ones we've done where I've got like 27 honorable mentions. Uh regardless, Mike, let's go ahead. Let's knock out these last two birthday suits. Do you want to go with the one that I'm pretty confident in or the one that I don't yeah. think you'll get it? Yeah, let's do the, the tough one last. <laughs> tough one first. Okay. Here we go. Or first. Oh no, second. Nope, we're going second. I'm not. I'm not disobeying okay. your rules, Mike. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, the the easy one first. Condensed clue: youngest player to win an MVP in the NBA in 2011 on the Chicago Bulls, wearing number one. The rest of his D Rose. D Rose is correct. Yes. Derek Rose being born on October 4th, 1988, Mike, in mm. Chicago, Illinois. He's a hometown hero, born on the south side. Uh, Mike, just a crazy stat stuffer in high school. Senior year, 25.2 points a game, 9.1 assists, 8.8 rebounds, 3.4 steals a game. Wow. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Decided to go to the University of Memphis. Then he went to the NBA in 2008. Number one overall pick. Won Rookie of the Year. Became a three-time All-Star. Then an MVP. And then the next season, ACL tear. Mm. Then a meniscus. Then another meniscus. Just injury after injury, Mike. So sad. It's definitely one of those what-ifs. What-ifs. Yeah. Regardless of all the injuries, Mike, he has managed to stay in the league 15 seasons. He's currently on the Memphis Grizzlies. Bet you didn't know that. Bet you if I asked you what the team was, you wouldn't be able to spot that Yeah, one. no, I would have said the, I don't know why, but I would have said the Minnesota Timberwolves, but I know he played on that team, but for some reason I thought I, he was like still playing on I am pretty sure since uh, Minnesota, he's played on the Cavaliers, uh, the New York uh, Knicks and Detroit. He's played on three other. He's played on so many teams, man. <laughs> so many teams. Yeah. Okay, so you're two for two, Mike. I don't think you're going to get this last one, but we're going to try it. Okay. Condensed clue. She played Anna Steele in Fifty Shades of Grey. Hmm. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. That's her. That's her biggest role, Mike. Uh, I, I, I definitely would not get it. Uh, Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson, born on October fourth, nineteen eighty nine. Mike, the daughter. Talk about nepo babies. There you go. The daughter of Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson. Say what? Don Johnson. Mm. Miami, Miami Vice, Vice, Mike. Yeah. 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 So, I can't feel it. Yeah. She was she was all Sorry. into oh no. That's always warranted, Mike. <laughs> Phil Collins <laughs> is always warranted. Phil Collins. 
That, yeah, Miami Vice instantly Phil Collins. You were cruising that. down yeah. in the black Ferrari, getting your mind right for the bus <laughs> the that YouTube night. Montage, yeah, exactly. It just, it instantly started. <laughs> exactly. Uh, she was turned down, Mike, by Juilliard in uh, in New York City after high school. She didn't actually make it there, but then she made her film debut in Crazy in Alabama. In 2006, she was signed as an IMG model. In 2010, she had a minor role in The Social Network. Then in 2015, she was cast in Fifty Shades of Grey. She hosted Saturday Night Live. She appeared on the 40th anniversary special. She played in the movie Wounds in 2019. She was named uh, as the character Madam Web in an upcoming movie for Sony's Spider-Man Universe. So there we go. Dakota Johnson. Up-and-comer right there. Up-and-comer turning mm-hmm. the big 3-4. Dakota Johnson. Shout out to Dakota. Shout Happy out. birthday, Dakota. Happy birthday. Two for three, Mike. Keep in pace. Keep in pace. I like cool. it. Cool, cool, cool. Mike, we have some amazing guests coming on the show. We've got Grammy winners. We've got award winners. We've got... Uh, I got a new one that I added to the list. I had to, I had to scrunch them in... Because we already had guests scheduled, but I was like, this is such a good guest. I can't not turn, I can't turn him down. So we've got New York Times best-selling author, Alan Paul, coming on the show. Alan, yeah, Alan Paul, he is a, uh, he's a big uh, music, uh, well, first of all, he's a musician by himself, but he's also a great uh, writer of biographies of uh, of um, musicians. He just released his newest book there, the newest book that he released, Brothers and Sisters. It's about the Almond Brothers, and uh, I'm about halfway through it right now, Mike. Uh, and okay. uh, very awesome book. Can't wait to talk to him. Basically, the whole interview is just going to be about uh, Almond Brothers. I'm just going to dive in. I've got a bunch of questions. I've got a whole bunch of questions that hopefully for you guys will tease you to get the book. That's the idea. It's a pretty great book. And I'll say this too, Mike. I took the lazy way out, everybody. I'm not actually reading the book. I'm listening to the book. And a very big bonus of listening to the book. When you listen to the book, you get the interview tapes that he used to write this book. So he put he splices in all the interview uh, takes of the actual members of the band while they were still alive. Uh, well, some of them are still alive. Dickie Betts is still alive. Yeah. But you get to hear all of the actual interview straight oh, from their awesome. mouth, which is definitely awesome. So I would yeah. recommend uh, the uh, audio book as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. But regardless, Mike... We need to wrap it up for this week. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Shuret. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it a doo